0: with you. If you'd like to turn please to the book of 1 Peter. We're working our way through this letter and uh, last week we looked at uh, part of chapter 2 and I headed my message uh, submitting to one another and in that section of his letter Peter was giving instructions as to how to live in uh, in three areas of life and uh, you may recall we looked at Uh, what Peter had to say uh, about our relationship or living, if you like, in the nation and our relationship to government and uh, and to authority. Uh, We looked to to what Peter had to say about uh, work situations and our relationships uh, at work. Peter was obviously talking about slaves and masters and we uh, looked at what that had to say to us in, in our work life. And Peter too talked about uh, how to live at home and the relationship of husbands and wives. In the passage we'll read in just a moment, uh, Peter goes on and uh, gives some further instructions as to how life should be in the church. So we've looked at it in a nation, we've looked at at work, we've looked, we've looked at it at home. So this is about what it should be like in the church. And uh, this is going to be a really Practical word this morning. And I'm hoping it should help us as we continue to build Jubilee Church. And I've called it Living Life Together. Living Life Together. So uh, if you found the book of uh, uh, 1 Peter, you're going to turn to chapter 3 and we'll read just a few verses together from verse 8 through to verse 12. 1 Peter 3. Verse. Eight. Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult, but with blessing, because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from deceitful speech. He must turn from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his, ear, his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. Okay, let's pray, and then we'll look at this passage together. Father, we thank you for this letter that we're looking at over these weeks that Peter wrote And uh, we pray now, Lord, that as we look at these verses together, please would you help us to understand what we read, but Lord, more than that, would you apply it to our lives. Father, as we seek to apply this to our life here in Jubilee, we pray, Lord God, help us in these things to apply it well, that you might be glorified amongst us. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, so the key verse here is verse 8 of 1 Peter chapter 3. Peter says, Finally, all of you, live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic, love as brothers, be compassionate and humble. And so there are five commands that Peter gives to his readers. Bear in mind, it's a bit of a circular letter. It's going around a group of churches, and uh, Peter's addressing situations in them. And uh, these are five instructions Five commands, if you like, that that Peter says. Live in harmony with one another. Be sympathetic. Love as brothers. Be compassionate. And be humble. And as I was looking at uh, this passage this week, uh, I was realising they they tie in really well with uh, some of the core purposes of uh, what we say we're about in Jubilee Church. And if you've been around for any length of time, you'll know that we say our vision is to build a large city-wide church that lives out New Testament Christianity in the 21st century. And we do that by focusing on a number of priorities, including loving God, loving one another, loving those who don't know Jesus yet, and reaching nations. And this loving one another is really the sort of thing that Peter is talking about in this passage. So it ties in really well with one of the the major foundation stones, if you like, of what we're doing in building Jubilee Church. And it ties in too with, with other scriptures. For example, Jesus in John chapter 13 said this, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another." By this all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. So in just a couple of uh, verses there, Jesus reiterates the point three times. Just in case we didn't get it the first time. In case we were asleep the second time, three times Jesus says, just to make it really clear, just so there isn't any misunderstanding, just to make sure we've really got the point. Love one another. Love one another church tradition has it that um, the apostle john towards the end of his life um, was uh, quite old and frail and uh, they'd sort of bring him out as it were where well, they sort of literally wheeled him out i don't know it's uh, the story that is told and uh, the story goes that he would be sort of wheeled out in front of the church or sort of brought out and uh, he would say something like this dear friends Love one another. And that would be it. And this would happen sort of week in and week out. And I think some people thought that John was losing his marbles a bit and had forgotten anything else and didn't quite know what to say. And so apparently somebody asked him about this on one occasion and said to him, what is it? You keep saying this. Love one another. And the story goes that his reply was, well, when we've got this really right... (laughs) I'll move on to something else. He hadn't lost his marbles at all. He knew exactly what he was doing. Loving one another is so important in the life of the church. It's why it's one of our sort of key foundation stones. One of the key things that we're going for. Jesus said it and John was reiterating it in his Gospel, later in his letters and towards the end of his life in his very short and pithy, few verses, few words of a sermon. It was important then. And friends, it's important now as well. Paul puts it like this in Ephesians 5, verse 21. Submit one another out of reverence for Christ. The feeling is the same, isn't it? Love one another. And so I want to look at what this actually means. This verse in Peter Verse, uh, verse 8 to 1 Peter 3 live in harmony with one another be sympathetic, love as brothers be compassionate and humble what does it actually mean? well the first thing here is live in harmony with one another live in harmony with one another unity in the church is an important value it's not an optional extra it's not just if you feel like it or things are going well But rather, it's it's important. It's something we need to pay attention to, to ensure that it's happening. It's essential to building an effective, God-honouring, spirit-filled church. And that's what we want, isn't it? That's the sort of church we want to build. That's what we're going for. That's what we're giving our lives for. And unity is an important part in it. In Ephesians 4, verse 3, Paul says, Make every effort... To keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Do you notice that? Every effort. Make every effort. No excuses. Do whatever is necessary. Make every effort. Go the extra mile. Make the extra phone call. Put in the extra time necessary. Make every effort, Paul says, to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. It's not that we just have to like each other because we're in the same church. It's actually the fact that Jesus is the one that has brought us together. It's through him we find unity, because he is the one that has brought us together. Ephesians 2 verse 14 says, For he himself, this is Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. Jesus is our peace. It's in him and through him that we've been brought together, reconciled not just with God, but with one another as well. It's true then. It's true for us. It's true for every warring faction and situation we find around the world. Actually, it's only in Jesus that you can find peace. And you've got all sorts of governments or other groups trying to find peace in different conflicts, haven't you? And that's good. I want to encourage that. And it's good that, you know, different sides are brought together and mediated and helped to talk and resolutions, are, you know, are work towards. But actually, it's only in Jesus that you really find peace. Because he himself has brought us together. And you know what? We should demonstrate it in the church. We should demonstrate it in the church that Jesus has brought us together because he's done it. Only God can do what no other mediation service or go-between or reconciliation plan can achieve. Only God can do it. And he has done it. Jesus himself is our peace. So, So how do you live then in harmony with one another? What does it mean? How do you do it? Well, well, firstly, please don't be naive. Don't think, hey, but are you talking about the church? Surely, you know, that couldn't apply here. Surely that wouldn't apply to us. We're really nice people. Actually, it does apply to us. What does it mean to live in harmony? The issue is not if disunity or disharmony or disagreement happens, The issue is rather what you do when it does. So let's not be naive and think, oh, it could never happen. Don't have to worry about that. Actually, it can happen. And it does sometimes. So we need to be sharp and think, what am I going to do when it does happen? How am I going to respond? And I want to teach you this morning what to do when when it does happen. What do you need to do? Firstly, don't be surprised. We're human beings, aren't we? We have a tendency to rub people up the wrong way sometimes. It just happens. We don't do it intentionally, most of us. <laughs> but it does happen sometimes, isn't it? If you live in close proximity with someone, then the likelihood is every now and then there will be some tension. Be it your best friends. Be it your husband or wife. Or someone in your family. There has probably been a situation at some point where there's been some tension. Or some disharmony. Or something that has needed to be resolved. It happens, doesn't it? Even with the people that we're closest to and love the most. So the issue is not, will it happen? Friends, it will. It will happen in your personal relationships. It's going to happen in the church. It will happen. The issue is not, will it happen? The issue is, what do we do when it does happen? How do we respond? Well, firstly, number one, don't run away. Deal with it. Don't run away. Deal with it. Too often, people just run and don't deal with the issue. That doesn't resolve anything. It just leaves a trail of broken people hurting because of unresolved situations. So don't run. Deal with it. Resolve now to deal with issues. To deal with conflict. And to do it quickly as well. Do it quickly. So secondly, keep short accounts. Deal quickly with any relational stresses. Don't let it fester. Deal with it as soon as you know about it. As soon as you can do something about it, Do it then. Don't put it off to the next day. Don't put it off to another occasion. Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 23, Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. So what would Jesus say to us? Well, it'll be, friends, if you come, if you gather on a Sunday, you get into a a church service and you realise that your brother or sister has something against you, or maybe you have something against them, both applies, then go and deal with it there and then. Put it right. This is what you do if someone offends you. You deal with it as soon as possible. Do it in the first song. So the band strikes up, Matt's here with his guitar, bang, first chord, first song, we're off, we're in worship, and then you realise that, oh yeah, the person over the other side, you know, you haven't resolved that situation from a few days ago, whatever it might be, that comment that was made that offended you, or maybe something was said out of turn, or whatever it is, Matt's there, first song, we're going for it in worship, what do you do? You stop singing, you walk across the room, and you deal with it there and then. Right then, first song. You shouldn't even get to the chorus. You know, first verse in the first line. If you realize it, friends, deal with it then. Straight away. Put it right. If you're offering your gift at the altar, if you're there in worship, and you realize your brother has something against you, stop worshipping. Go and deal with it. Be reconciled. Then come and worship God. That's what Jesus is saying. So I want to urge us, let's make sure we're doing this. First song. Let's make sure we're putting this into practice. I remember when I was in Leicester some years ago, and uh, there was a particular guy in the church, and um, he and I were really good at rubbing each other up the wrong way. I mean, there was just some tension there and uh, then one Sunday morning I mean what a great time for it to happen one Sunday morning it just exploded and there was just a, you know we just let each other have it so to speak I know you can't imagine that of me being gentle quiet, reserved withdrawn and, you know, I'm so, but I'm ashamed to say that's what happens and we just let rip at each other it wasn't very God honouring wasn't very helpful and um, There wasn't the opportunity to put it right just then. And uh, he wasn't around on the the Monday. I remember, first thing on the Tuesday morning, I'm on the phone saying, Listen, we need to talk. We just need to resolve this. (laughs) I'm sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for how it happens. Let's just resolve this. And we were able to resolve it. It It's quite a long phone call. But we were able to resolve it. And since then, we have got on a whole load better. I think we've got a greater respect for one another, a greater love and appreciation for where each other was coming from. And God did something in our relationship. Why? Because he put it right. Because he put it right. Because we made the effort to keep the unity of the Spirit. Made every effort. I have found, over the years, there's one thing I'm really good at. I'm, I'm not just a little bit good, I think I'm an expert. I mean, I could get an MA in this tomorrow. I mean, I'm just just really, really good at it. And and that thing is offending people sometimes. (laughs) Maybe some of you are thinking, yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, you can come and see me afterwards. But I'm, I'm, I'm worse, is that the right word? I'm most vulnerable to this with people that I know the best. Because perhaps my guard is down slightly. I'm not being so careful about my attitude or what I say. And actually, I end up hurting the people that I love the most. Now, I think I'm getting better at not being like that. God is doing something in me. Praise God, you all said. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm becoming more aware of how I can be sometimes. But I have resolved, when that happens, I'll do what it takes to put it right quickly. I'll try and put it right quickly. Be it a phone call, email, conversation, whatever whatever it needs to put it right quickly. I want to ask you this morning, are you quick to put things right? Are you quick to put things right? See, I know I can be like that sometimes. By God's grace, not as often as I used to be. But I've resolved to put things right quickly. Have you resolved that? Have you made that decision? Have you determined in your heart to, when that happens to you, or when you cause offence to somebody, or when that you know, relationship breaks down, whatever it might be, have you resolved to deal with it, and deal with it quickly? As Jesus has urged us, instructed us even to do. You see, if you don't deal with it, the situation only gets worse. It grows, and it grows inside you, doesn't it? And it starts to take you over, you get bitter about it, and then you start avoiding the person, and then you start, you just, you just deal with it. Just deal with it quickly, put it to bed, let God resolve it. Otherwise it just starts to eat you up, doesn't it? Don't let it get to that stage. Keep short accounts. And thirdly, don't allow gossip. I tell you, if you're uh, in the situation where somebody has offended you and you haven't dealt with it, you are really vulnerable at that point to gossip. Maybe somebody says to you, Oh, you heard about so-and-so? And And you're thinking, Yeah, yeah, I know about so-and-so. Let me tell you what they did to me. And perhaps you wouldn't normally be like that, but if there's something unresolved, you're really vulnerable to that. Don't allow gossip. We we talked last week, didn't we, about being careful in the workplace, you know, avoiding that sort of gossip chatter around the photocopier or the water cooler, whatever it might be in in your work. Well, the same is true in the church as well. James says this in James chapter 4, verse 11. Brothers, do not slander one another, Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. We even bring this up on the membership course. I think it's that important. Be that person where the gossip stops. Doesn't go any further. Don't allow gossip. So what do you do to deal with it? Well, you make every effort. You don't run away. You deal with it quickly, and you don't allow gossip. As well as that, Peter goes on, doesn't he? Be sympathetic, he says, love as brothers, be compassionate, and be humble. See, sympathy isn't just, they're there, it'll be all right. Sympathy is sharing with the feelings of others. So do you have that relational connection where you're really sharing the feelings of others? Paul puts it like this in Romans 12. He says, rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. You've got no know pretty well, haven't you? For that to be real. At the risk of a shameless plug for life groups again, it's a good place to do it. It's a good place to make those sort of relationships. Lovers' brothers, Peter says. Jesus commanded his disciples, as we've said, to love one another. It's not an optional extra. Sometimes you might wish it was, but it's not. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honour, Paul says in Romans 12, verse 10. That devotion sounds a bit like Acts 2, doesn't it? Where the early church was devoted to the apostles, apostles' teachings, the fellowship to one another. It takes effort, time, commitment, energy. Maybe it's financial help. Maybe it's providing meals, maybe it's helping with childcare, maybe it's uh, something else. But that devotion to one another and loving one another giving preference to one another as well it's an important one giving preference actually to those even who aren't here yet as part of the church think about that for a moment maybe one day maybe we might move venue maybe we might change the time of the meeting maybe we'll change the music style or volume in order to reach people who aren't here yet in order to reach people who are far from God's. Well, what should our attitude be at that point? It should be to give preference to, particularly those of us who are more mature. We should be giving preference to others. And that includes people who aren't even here yet. It includes the people who are going to fill these empty seats. It includes the people that your life group's going to reach in your neighbourhood. It includes the people that are going to come to the next guest service it includes the people who may be on the next Alpha course it includes those who aren't even here yet they show preference to them in order that we might reach many who don't know Jesus yet that's got to be our priority isn't it? that's what we do what we do to reach people who don't know Jesus yet I heard uh, a pastor talking not so long ago about the music style and the volume in his church on a Sunday morning. And someone said to him, do you really like it like that? And he went, absolutely, no, I don't. <laughs> do you really like that band? No, not really, he said. And he said, but, but look, look at the number of young people that are here worshipping and praising Jesus because of it. Because they're here, I'll put up with the style of the volume <laughs> because it's reaching them. That's preferring one another. That's putting others' needs ahead of our own, particularly those of us who are more mature, maybe. Be compassionate, Peter says. Be compassionate is being slow to judge, always looking for the good in someone, always looking for the evidence of God's grace rather than that which needs to change. Wouldn't you rather someone looks for that in you? I know they'd rather look for that in me. And finally, be humble. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Paul says in Philippians 2, verse 3, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. It could be translated, consider others more important than yourselves. Be humble, Peter says. What's the opposite of humility? It's pride, isn't it? That's sinful it's a sin. Peter says in, uh, in chapter 5, verse 5, all of you clothe yourselves with humility towards one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Let's make sure we don't fall into the trap of being proud. I'm sure all of us over the years have seen far too many people that have fallen into that trap of being proud. And it's a sin. We need to keep our hearts humble, humble. And soft towards God and towards one another. Now, take an offense, that's easy. Anyone can stubbornly refuse to budge, that's not difficult. It takes godly humility to seek reconciliation and put things right. I want to urge you this morning be that person. Be that person. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Don't be proud. Be humble. Be the person who puts it right. Be the person who goes the extra mile. Be the person who initiates that conversation of reconciliation. Be the person who deals with it quickly. Be the person who in the first song gets up and sorts it out. Be the person who doesn't allow gossip to go any further. Be that person who is sympathetic, loving as brothers, compassionate and humble. You see, this letter from Peter is full of really practical, wise instruction. We shouldn't try and sort of take it apart and just look at each syllable and vowel and look at, you know, think of how, it, how it's structured together. That's not what Peter's writing here. He's giving us some practical instruction of how to live in the church. Peter was a fisherman, wasn't he? I'd imagine he was a pretty down-to-earth sort of chap. And his letter, particularly this part, is full of really down-to-earth, practical wisdom. So I want to urge you this morning. I want to urge us together. Let's take his instructions seriously. Let's make sure we put them into practice that Jubilee might be known as a sort of church where we take seriously loving one another and doing everything that's necessary to put that right. As I was praying about this during the week, I really felt we should finish with communion this morning. The band, if you can come up, guys, if you can come back up, please. And uh, I, I felt during the week, I thought, that's just crazy, we had communion last week we can't do it again <laughs> and uh, just as I've been preparing this week time and again it just came back to me I, I really felt we should have communion together and so we're going to I've learned over the years stubborn though I am sometimes to try and be obedient when God speaks and I just felt God spoke and said we should do that again this morning so that's what we're going to do in a moment the band are going to lead us in a song and uh, we're going to stand and uh, we're going to have a few people a couple of people out here And we're just going to have communion together as we finish. And as we do that, and as we do that, listen, as we do that. If anything that I've said to you, I said this morning, has landed in you and think, and you've thought, yeah, I actually need to do something now. I'm hoping it's landed in all of us because it's given us some advice on what to do in the future when things like this happen, because they will happen. So we know how to deal with it now we can't say I didn't know, we know now but listen, if even now this applies to you then as we stand, as we worship as we have communion together then I want to urge you, go and deal with it that relationship, put it right that conversation that you've been putting off, that you know you need to have have it now first chord first chorus before we, before we get to the end of the song Let's do it, okay? Amen? Let's stand together. And uh, Adam and Rachel, can you come and help us? Rob and Ali, can you come and serve as well? Can you do that? Would that be all right? I apologize now for the uh, lack of advance warning. I'm going to pray. And uh, we're going to worship God together. And uh, in a moment, don't have to go yet, it's alright. In a moment, these guys will stand either side and uh, once they're in position and in place, then you can come and have bread and wine. There's fruit juice if you'd rather have fruit juice. And uh, if you need to deal with any relational things, now's a good time to do it. But let's have communion together. And in doing that, saying that we're loving God, but we're also loving one another, and valuing highly the unity that God gives us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the real practical wisdom in Peter's letter here. Help us to apply it, Lord. Help us to put it into practice, not just to be hearers of the word, but doers also. Lord, that we might really take seriously this loving one another, keeping the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Help us, Lord Jesus, when it's difficult. Help us to respond quickly and graciously, lovingly to one another, and honouring you as we do it. We ask it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, one more thing. I forgot to say, if someone comes to you, then be gracious. Yeah? Don't be like... I've been waiting for you to come and sort this out. I need okay. Sorry, John. Be, be gracious, okay? Be gracious. Because as, you, as you're gracious in your response, you're demonstrating what it is to love one another. Okay? Let's worship, and in the moment, these guys will be in place and we can have bread and wine together. That's your Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church podcast. Feel free to check out our website at www.jubilee.org.uk or come along on any Sunday morning.